Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices, and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gigillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. Welcome to Tech Stuff, a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. Hey there, and welcome to Tech Stuff. I'm your host, Jonathan Strickland. I'm an executive producer with iHeartRadio, and I love all things tech, and it is time for a classic episode. That means it must be Friday. Let's celebrate. And we're going to celebrate by getting mega uploaded. This episode originally aired on November 28th, 2012. Chris Paulette and I talk about the service Mega Upload, which right around that time was getting shut down. So what's the story behind it? Well, let's find out. Today we wanted to talk about a a, a controversial subject. Oh, yes. A couple of different controversial subjects. Right There's a mega the controversy. Yes. Mega upload. And uh, many of you have probably heard about mega upload. Some of you may have even used the service. Some of you may be going to megaupload.com right now and wondering if you're in trouble because you see that there's a big takedown notice where the site used to be. But uh, we wanted to talk about what it is, what the controversy is around it, what the various uh, legal issues are surrounding it, and a lot about the, uh, I guess flamboyant is an appropriate word, uh, uh, head of Mega Upload, Kim.com. Yes. Um, and wow. <laughs> yeah. So I guess we can start off... Uh, why not at the beginning? Okay. Back in 2005, Kim.com. And they, when I say at the beginning, I'll go back further than this later on when we talk about the legal issues. But he, he founded a site, uh, a, turned out to be a family of sites, but we tend to just call it Mega Upload. Yeah. And the idea behind this was um, a, kind of like a, a, a very specific implementation of cloud storage. Yes. So... The idea was that users could upload files to the service, Mega Upload, and then allow other people to download those files. And on its own, if if that's all we say, that's not – there's nothing controversial about that. That's just a, a, a method of distributing uh, data. Yeah. The problem comes in as to the nature of that data and whether or not that data – 
had any oh, intellectual property rights associated with it that perhaps the user who uploaded the file did not have access to or authorization to uh, to distribute that file. And yes. that's the crux of the problem. So Mega Upload is what we call a locker site. Yes. And you, you create a locker where you upload the files. Other people can download them. And, uh, and there are some interesting things about Mega Upload. For example, uh, uploading a file... Uh, didn't guarantee that that file was going to be stored there forever. Uh, the the service would actually delete files out of its storage if they were not being downloaded enough. At least that was sort of the that was the allegation that the the United States government made against Mega Upload when building its case. They said that. In order for a file to be hosted, it had to be popular. It had to reach a certain threshold of popularity. And if people stopped downloading it, the file would no longer be hosted on Mega Upload. Um, so that's kind of a way of, to conserve space. You know, the, the files that are really popular stay available. Files no one seems to want go away. And you don't have to worry about hosting a file forever. Because, of course, the more popular the site got, the larger its... Um, uh, requirements were to for for hosting space because mm-hmm. I mean these digital files are taking up uh, hard drive space somewhere on servers so you have to be able to uh, to meet that demand and one way of doing that is to phase out any files that are not particularly sought after mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah um, now you might be saying you know well how is this different from something like Dropbox? Or perhaps YouTube, um, and there are big differences. Yeah, um, because some of the charges that have been filed basically accuse uh, the people behind Mega Upload. Um, Kim dot com is sort of the the face of Mega Upload, but they, he had uh, a handful of partners who were uh, closely were you know working on it with him very closely. Um, so the people behind Mega Upload uh, have been charged with basically. Um, not only providing storage space, but knowing what was in that storage space and encouraging people to upload popular content, which may or may not have been, um, you know, stuff that violated copyright. Right. And, so and that's really that. That's you know the question. Those are the questions yeah. that you know. How how far did it go? Right. The allegations. Really the, the allegations actually go so far as to claim that. The uh, the owners of Mega Upload paid out money to people yeah. in order for, to encourage them to upload popular files, and by popular we're talking about stuff that violates intellectual property. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, when you when you just say popular, that could be anything, but in the the case that was brought against Mega Upload and its founders, they're specifically talking about things like movies or music. Really, movies is the big one, yeah. but it's not just movies. It's television and music as well, saying, all right, well, there are people uploading entire libraries of files to your site. Uh, they don't have the authorization to do that. People are essentially using Mega Upload to perpetuate piracy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so ultimately, and when you look at this, you can figure out there are certain industries that are very much pushing for uh, action against Mega Upload. It's it's pretty safe to say that this was not just a government agency saying, oh, here's a bad guy, we need to go after him. This, right. th- these are industries that are using political pressure to go after a, uh, a company that they see as a threat to their business model. That in itself is not necessarily a bad thing. You want to protect your business. You know, otherwise, if you don't protect your business, you go out of business. Right. Uh, however, there are some questions as to the execution of this and whether or not it uh, oversteps bounds. For example, a Mega Upload, we haven't mentioned this yet. Uh, it is a company. It's a company that's uh, based... The company itself is based out of Hong Kong. Yeah. So that raises some questions because uh, it's the United States that's primarily going after uh, Kim.com and the other people behind Mega Upload. And the United States does not have jurisdiction in Hong Kong. On top of that, Kim.com and the other people who are rounded up, uh, we'll talk about the roundup in a second, they were all in New Zealand. Yes. Also, last I checked, 
not within the jurisdiction of the United States. Yeah. Um, pretty sure. I mean, I could be wrong. It could be that in The Hobbit, I'll see that, you know, federal agents are knocking down the, the enemy's door in, uh, in, in, in Mirkwood. Spoiler alert. But, uh, it would surprise me. Um, However, some of the company's servers were based here in the United States. Yes, that that was one thing. Yeah, because and that was done on purpose. Yeah. Um, why was that done on purpose? Well, remember when I mentioned YouTube a few minutes ago? Um, well, YouTube, from time to time, people upload uh, content to the the site that infringes on someone's copyright. It you know they take it and rip a movie and stick it on YouTube, which is Pretty much blatantly illegal. Uh, the thing is, what the idea is that under current uh, United States law, the copyright owner can contact YouTube and say, "Hey, take that down," and YouTube is supposed to take it down. Yeah. And and Kim Kim dot com has said that Mega Upload did that. Um, now, see, there there's there's what is called safe haven, which was uh, part of the DMCA, Digital, Digital Millennium, Millennium Copyright Act. Right. Yeah. And basically, it says, "Hey, look, you know." You're providing the storage space online. That doesn't make you necessarily uh, liable for what people do with that space. If they put uh, material up there that infringes upon someone's copyright, uh, as long as you take it down when you're asked to by the copyright holder, that's not. It's not your fault that that people do that. What they're saying that Mega Upload did, however, was um, basically not only uh, host that. They didn't necessarily take it down. Immediately upon being asked, they might have been selective in what they took down, and they were encouraging people to post popular content. So they're saying, no, you guys don't qualify for safe haven. This is completely different, and they're being brought up on criminal charges, Yeah, um, which is different than a simple lawsuit. Hey, we're suing you because you did not take this down. Yeah, the, the DMCA is very... Uh, it lays this out in a very specific way that the idea is that it will protect the service providers so that they are not um, shouldered with all the responsibility for providing what is a valuable service to people who might use it in ways for which it was not intended or in illegal ways. Uh, so you can argue whether or not Mega Upload was intended for illegal use or not. That's in fact, the federal uh, federal officials are very much making that argument. Uh, but uh, for the DMCA to apply, for that safe haven to apply, the uh, the the owners of the service cannot knowingly host illegal material. When right. they are told about the illegal material, they have to remove it. Uh, one of the allegations against Kim dot com and Mega Upload is that when they were told about illegal material. What they would do is remove a link to that illegal material, mm -hmm. but they would not remove the file itself. So in other words, the file still exists on Mega Upload. They just removed whatever link was reported. Well, the way Mega Upload worked was that if you were to try and upload a file, let's say that, let's say Chris and I have decided to, uh, to throw caution to the wind and embrace our darker natures and to, uh, to dive headfirst into the world of uh, illicit film trading online. And so Chris and I both have the same idea at the same time. We have both decided that now is the time for us to upload a copy of the Steven Spielberg mega hit, Howard the Duck. And so Chris uploads Howard the Duck before I do because he has a better internet connection. I'm trying not to cry. So... That Howard the Duck file, that specific hash, gets uploaded up to Mega Upload, and then I do the same thing. Now, the file that I'm using is based off the same one that Chris made, so it's got the same data, same everything. Yeah. When I upload it, Mega Upload looks and says, oh, wait a minute, I've already got this file. So instead of uploading this to your locker, why don't you uh, – would you prefer it if we just um, linked to it and added another link to the already existing file because it's the same information. This way you don't have to upload the whole thing. You just add the link. And you say, because you don't want to have to you know, gum up your internet connection all that time, or I say in this case because it's using my example, I say, sure, just put the link in. Well, the complaint, one of the complaints that the, uh, the feds made against Mega Upload is that uh, if you were the content owner, if you're the intellectual property rights owner of Howard the Duck, mm -hmm. 
of the film Howard the Duck and you wanted to protect it and you saw that there was a link to a mega upload locker that contained that movie, you would send that complaint to mega upload and then they would apparently remove the link, the specific link you mentioned. However, I also have a link to that content. It's a different link. It's the same file, which means that because they did not delete the file itself, there is still a pathway to get to that file. All they did was close off one path, but they left another path open. That's the allegation. That's what the federal uh, federal officers are saying. They're saying, well, yeah, you would remove this link, but the file still existed, and there were still other links to that file, so you didn't solve the problem. All you did was close one door, but there were, you know, however other many doors open, so people could still get to it, and the problem was not fixed. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's one of the main arguments here. Now, the way this all went down was way back on uh, January 19th, 2012. Uh do you remember January 2012? Not back, really. Back no. when we were wondering if Apple was going to have an iPad 3, and no idea that they would also have an iPod, pod, uh, iPad 4 that same year. Um, that's just a light dig. So on January 19th, the Department of Justice seized the uh, uh, megaupload.com site and all of its family of sites like Mega Video and things like that, and they shut it down. And they began to uh, pursue a criminal case against the owners and operators of that site. On January 20th, 2012, Hong Kong Customs uh, ended up freezing assets belonging to the company. And uh, on that, on January 20th in New Zealand, uh, New Zealand police acting under the, uh, the, the direction of United States federal officers led a raid against a mansion that was being leased by chem.com and had happened to have several other mega upload people there at the time because they were celebrating his birthday. So they timed it out to raid on his birthday. Uh, They went in, they seized... Uh, around $17 million worth of assets, including vehicles and art. Oh, yeah. So stuff that was not uh, related directly to the website, but the federal officers claim that these are things that Kim.com bought through uh, money laundering and uh, other means, um, specifically that, that allegation that Mega Upload paid people to upload uh, uh, illegal material to their site. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're wondering how does Mega Upload make money, because we didn't really talk about that, there's two ways. You, you could be a subscriber, but that's really the that's kind of a minor way that they generate revenue. They mostly generate revenue through ads. Well, they serve up ads over when, – when you're downloading, that's when the ads get served to you. So if you download a file, that's when you start seeing these ads. So there's an incentive to – provide as many downloads as possible because the more downloads there are, the more ads Mega Upload serves, the more money it gets. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's where a lot of this cash came from. So uh, that that all went down on January 20th um, and uh, went pretty quickly. Uh, but .com and, uh, was not resting. He hired on some lawyers and began to fight back against uh, the, the actions taken against him and against Mega Upload. So March 5th, 2012, the United States files for an extradition request for uh, in New Zealand court saying we want to extradite him to the U.S. and try him there for crimes. Keeping in mind, again, Hong Kong company, New Zealand resident, actually New Zealand citizen. He, well, he, I guess resident is the right word. He did apply for residency and was granted it. Yeah, he, um, he's actually German. German born, yeah. yeah so he, well, you could tell by the dot-com last name. Right. Actually, um, he changed that name. He changed that name uh, partially because of his, his childhood. Yeah, he was, he was his original name is uh, Kim Schmitz. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, his, his past is definitely one of the reasons why there's so much interest in him. Yeah. And, and why I think uh, the United States government felt fairly confident going after him because he he is not he does not have a squeaky clean past. Yeah, uh, he was uh, he was tried for embezzlement. <laughs> he was a, a teenage uh, internet 
sensation in a sense and like uh, an investment sensation and yeah. uh, was was um, accused of with charges of uh, insider trading and yeah. um, ended yeah. up sorry well, keep trying to interrupt no no go ahead I go ahead sorry uh, I, I i shouldn't I'm, i apologize no please do um there's a great article in wired magazine and on wired.com about him that uh, charles graber wrote mm-hmm. um I actually brought the uh, the dead tree version with me since yeah, I'm I still subscribe right to to it. Um, but uh, yeah, it's definitely it's a really. Did you read this in your research? I did. Um, I thought it was a really good balanced article because yeah. I, it talks about some of the, his more positive. You know, it attempts to be more positive and some of his past, which has been you know not always on the up and up. I mean, he in in school he wasn't really a dedicated student. Yeah. Uh, he preferred to. Uh, Apparently, he likes to sleep late, and he liked to uh, skip class and sleep in, basically. But he got in, interested in, in computers when he was uh, a teenager Yeah, and, he, and really it, embraced it. He took off with it. Yeah, he, he hacked into some pretty uh, pretty notable systems like NASA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, so so he's, he's definitely got... Uh, He's definitely got a history of being somewhat of a mischief maker. Yeah. Um, but he got a good else. scare when he was a kid, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, he, he got in trouble with the law. And uh, basically, I I get the sense, or at least the, the article paints him as somebody who, uh, say, you know, once he got done with that, said, hey, I, I really don't want to mess with this again. But the thing is, too, he also, and this also does not paint or did not did not help him with this um, recent uh, arrest, and uh, he kind of paints himself as a high roller uh, gangsta type. Yeah, he's that seventeen million dollars assets large. with the art. Uh, some of those cars that they see, he's like some of the cars were hundreds of thousands of dollars in value I yeah. mean, for an individual car. Um, One of his associates said, "Hey, you know, we have a, a a big car with a license plate that says mafia on it, but." We're we're fooling around. We're not serious about that stuff, right? It's but yeah. The government said yes. It's organized crime. They're doing it on purpose. They're thinking of it as like giant toys. He also had a helicopter. I mean, he had lots of stuff. We're gonna pause this mega upload for a moment in order to take a word from our sponsor. Running a business is no cakewalk. There is a ton to keep track of. Employees to keep happy, spending to control, travel to plan, and on top of it all, nobody knows exactly what the future holds. Your finance team always has to be ready to change. But with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices. And that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is, experience. And you can finally say goodbye to the costly mistakes and risks that come from manual work and spreadsheets. So, while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. 
Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There is still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI, and Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI in revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On April 30th, 2012, uh, a New Zealand judge found that some of the assets in that raid were improperly seized and that paperwork was not correctly filed. And as a result, they returned about $750,000 worth of assets to um, to dot com, who, by the way, was having some problems getting bail for a while, not not having not coming up with the money, but just getting the the option of of being able to post bail. A judge initially denied him that. Uh, saying that because he had a helicopter and because he was a man of uh, pretty uh, uh, substantial means that he was a flight risk and yeah. also citing his past as well, uh, where he had a little bit of a history of hopping around a bit, uh, apparently to dodge authorities and investigations. Uh, but then another judge found later, they said, well, yeah, but we seized all his assets. He's not going anywhere, so we're going to grant him the option to post bail. Uh, so that that did change. Well, April 30th, when he got about $750,000 worth of the assets returned, including several of the cars, so it's not like it was just a you know big suitcase full of cash. Uh, June 28th, 2012, a New Zealand judge ruled that the search warrants for .com's property were not valid because they were too general. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and in addition to that, there has been a question over whether... Um, or not the use of force. The not not that you know they shot their way in, but they came in with uh, weapons and things that were not supposedly allowed against um, citizens of New Zealand. So there is some question as to the the, the not only uh, were the warrants not uh, specific enough, but whether or not that the use of uh, the the techniques that they used during the raid on his house, whether that was appropriate, right? And and they kicked the door down basically. Yeah. Well, and dot com for his part retreated to a safe room inside his house and apparently had a couple of uh, firearms in there with him, which made it made it look not good. Yeah. He didn't. He apparently was not holding the weapons, right? But he would have had access to them and. His response was that he thought that, you know, he he didn't know what to think because all these people were trying to break into his home. So he retreated to the safe room in his house. Uh, The um, the officers say that he was trying trying to uh, escape and or delete uh, incriminating evidence. Yeah, they claim that he had a a, basically a, a panic button that would have erased all of Mega uploads files. Can he, he hold them. out? Will he hold out? <laughs> shiny, candy-like button. Candy-like button. Oh, good times. Well, on July 10th, 2012, the extradition hearings were deferred until March 2013. And uh, New Zealand judge said the United States must prove that uh, he was aware of and supporting Internet piracy to support an extradition claim. And then on September 24th, 2012, the Prime Minister of New Zealand called for an investigation to determine if government officials had been spying on .com and his associates illegally. So it's a very thorny uh, uh, issue as far as the the law is concerned. In fact, it gets even more complicated. There are uh, some who say, uh, some being uh, .com's lawyer really, who say that the United States case against .com is attempting to use civil complaints as a criminal charge, which that 
that's not how that works. Civil courts and criminal courts in the United States, that's, those are two different things. But that at least some of the case against .com is, uh, is based in, would be based in a civil court, not a criminal court. And yet they're using it as a criminal, uh, uh, charge against him. And other parts of the criminal charges would depend wholly upon how that civil case played out. So they can't, if that's in fact true, they would not be able to, uh, to to lay these charges uh, against .com until after the civil case was tried and there was an outcome, um, and it gets more complex from there. So it's it's uh, it's a messy, messy situation. And as of the recording of this podcast, we can't be sure what the outcome is going to be. Uh, there have been there's been more fallout from this beyond just the the press. Uh, Anonymous decided to get involved. Um, which is kind of hard to say because Anonymous is such a, a vaguely defined group that it could be two people in Anonymous who want to do something and then the entire group gets uh, uh, pointed at as saying they're the ones responsible. Right Now, it could very well be that 98% of Anonymous all was behind this or even 100% was behind it, but by the very nature of the group, which is a decentralized hacktivist group, you can't be sure. Mm-hmm. Which is part of what protects them. Uh, well, anyway, uh, some people apparently belonging to Anonymous, at least according to those who are looking into this, I mean, it could be that that's all not true as well, uh, started to launch attacks against websites, uh, particularly websites belonging to the Department of Justice, the United States Department of Justice, in retaliation for the raids that were and, and the shutdown of Mega Upload. So you had uh, distributed denial of service attacks going out across the internet, fired from the canon of uh, of hacktivists who may or may not belong to Anonymous, uh, as another another salvo in this battle between uh, well multiple parties at this point. Yeah, yeah, and um, to complicate matters, now that you know Kim dot com is out on his own, he's also and again this is fairly recent. Um, as of the time we're recording this, that uh, he's created a new service, just Mega. Uh, in fact, it's me.ga, which is uh, using the Gabon. Uh, is that how you pronounce it? No idea. Um, anyway, uh, yes, they're using their country code. So it's me.ga, and that's uh, on launching one, on one year to the day of his uh, arrest, January 20th, 2013. The new service is supposed to go online. And uh, from what I've read about the new service, it's supposed to circumvent the quote-unquote problems. Uh, you'll see why I said that. Uh, put in the fake scare quotes um, for uh, for this because they won't be able to see what's inside these lockers. Yeah, everything gets encrypted. When you upload a file, uh, it gets encrypted within your browser. Yeah. And it so, in other words, the owners of Mega would never be able to see what content was stored on their service at all. It would all just be meaningless encrypted uh, information. Right. So they. So even if you were an intellectual property rights holder and you went to Mega and said, um, this file is uh, violating our intellectual property, they'd say, well, we can't tell that because for us it's just meaningless jumble of, of symbols. It doesn't... There's no file here as far as we can see. Yeah. Also, there will be no servers in United States jurisdiction, according yeah. to what I've read. So, so that would well, that would protect them on those counts, or at least would come closer to protecting them. Right. Yeah. The way you would access one of these files, of course, is that uh, you would get – if you were to upload a file, like let's say I upload a file uh, of Howard the Duck. And it's encrypted into Mega. I would uh, one, part of that transaction would be I would get a key that I could share with other people that would allow them to uh, decrypt whatever the file was. Yes. So then I could send the key to Chris and say, "Saved you the trouble, big guy. Here's the movie," and he could go and download it because he has the key. Anyone who does not have the key would not be able to see what the heck that file was. Yes. Well, and that would prevent the uh, the problem of needing deduplication. Right. Um, you know, the, the same file taking up file space. Now, it basically know that the same uh, information was up there, but it wouldn't say what that information was specifically. Yeah. So, so they would have a better chance of pleading uh, 
safe harbor so in that case. It's mostly to obviously protect the the, the owner and, and uh, caretakers of Mega. Chris and I will talk a little bit more about Mega Upload in just a second, but I wanted to interrupt for these important messages. Running a business is no cakewalk. There is a ton to keep track of. Employees to keep happy, spending to control, travel to plan, and on top of it all, nobody knows exactly what the future holds. Your finance team always has to be ready to change. But with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices. And that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is, experience. And you can finally say goodbye to the costly mistakes and risks that come from manual work and spreadsheets. So, while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There is still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI, and Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more, while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Running a business is no cakewalk. There is a ton to keep track of. Employees to keep happy, spending to control, travel to plan, and on top of it all, nobody knows exactly what the future holds. Your finance team always has to be ready to change. But with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices. And that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is, experience. And you can finally say goodbye to the costly mistakes and risks that come from manual work and spreadsheets. So, while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. 
Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There is still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI, and Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All this being said, you know, we've talked a lot about the piracy and we've talked a lot about the the allegations against Mega Upload. Um, and I, I probably should have said this much earlier in the podcast, but there are very legitimate ways to use these services that have nothing to do with violating intellectual property, property or piracy or anything like that. Right. Like if I have content that belongs to me and I want to be able to distribute it to a wide network and I cannot host it myself, something like one of these sites could be very useful. Yeah. You know, I may not have any other distribution platform that I can use to get my content out there. So there are plenty of use cases where there's nothing wrong with using a site like Mega Upload to either uh, distribute or to get access to material. It's only in the case where that is unauthorized use of uh, intellectual property that is the problem. Now, that raises a question of, well, what percentage of activity on Mega Upload uh, revolved around intellectual property theft? And, whether, and if it was a lot, were the uh, founders aware of it or even complicit in it. Those are the points that need to be hashed out in court. Uh, I've also seen at least one judge in the United States say that he doubts this will ever uh, go to court in the U.S. He thinks that there are enough uh, problematic factors involved in the whole raid and seizing of the property that will prevent it from ever having its day in court in, in the U.S. So we'll see. It's very possible. Uh, it does look like it was not the um, not the smoothest raid I've ever seen. No. At least from a paperwork standpoint. So, uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see if, that, if that's how it plays out. But it's an interesting case, and it, it is somewhat worrisome, because even if you were to say that uh, the the founder and owners of Mega Upload were all uh, actively encouraging piracy. That reflects poorly on other file sharing services that may be very much dedicated to fighting piracy on their own service. Yeah. But now they are brought into question because they just happen to have the same distribution model, more or less, as Mega Mega Upload, and uh, that hurts everybody. Yeah. So it's not. 
you know, even if you think, oh, well, I never pirate stuff and I would never upload those kind of files to a service, it can still affect you It because it might mean that some other service that you use and you trust ends up getting caught in this blast and uh, uh, ends up not being able to continue its services. It also... Uh, raises another question. I know that there are a lot of people who had stuff up on Mega Upload and now they don't have access to it. Right. So there are people who are saying, wait a minute, I own the content that I put up on Mega Upload. That belongs to me and now I can't get to it. Yeah. <clears throat> and and it's funny because the, uh, the article in Wired ends with um, the judge wanting to release information about the case to the media, but wants all the media outlets to have that access at exactly the same time. Yeah. And saying, wow, if we just had a way to do that, and that would be something, obviously, that w- that's sort of an allusion to, yes, you could do that with something like Mega Upload. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the it, it seems like the... Uh, the uh, apparently, the service had been used by a great many people to distribute content that they owned, that it was perfectly legal to use the way they were using it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I think um, it's interesting to see. I think the article sort of makes it sound like, or, or at least gives me the impression that this situation is sort of something of their own making because they made themselves appear to be up to something. Yeah. Because it was fun to play that way. Right. It's, that there it, may not there may not have been any attempt at anything imp- improper, but people were using it improperly and there wasn't, you know, as much to discourage improper use as there could have been. Right. Perhaps. Um so it's yeah, I think I think they 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 contributed to their own problems. Um, and it's cases like this that give rise to proposed pieces of legislation like the Stop Online Piracy Act. Yes. Uh, that SOPA they, and PIPA are both related to this. Yeah, so you've got, I mean, you've got, these are other things that can affect all of us in a negative way. Uh, and we need to really think about it before, you know, allowing prop, intellectual property owners to just run rampant over the legal system. Now, that being said, I still think that they deserve some sort of support system to protect their intellectual property. You know, I don't I don't think it should be uh, open season and that you can grab anything you want anytime you want with no uh, care about, you know, purchasing it because if we were to all live that way, a lot of people would stop making content because yes. there'd be no reason to do it. Yes. You know, I mean, some people would make content because they love to create things and they love to share it. But a lot of the content that we love, the stuff that everyone wants to get their hands on, would not exist because no one would make it because there's no money in it. So, you know, there's there's definitely a, a complex issue here. But uh, it's it's one of those things why the reason why I'm paying attention to the mega upload case is because I know this is the sort of thing that inspires uh, various lobbies to uh, petition uh, uh, legislators to create laws that often go well beyond what the original intention of that law was meant to do. You know, yeah. it might, the intention might be we need to protect these people or these com- companies because their property is getting stolen, but the actual implications go so far beyond it as to, well, potentially cripple the Internet. Yeah. So yeah. it's uh, you know it's an interesting story. Um, we'll definitely keep our eyes on it and see how it develops. And maybe uh, maybe Mega will become an even bigger story than Mega Upload ever was. Yeah, that's true. It's possible, especially with the encryption. So yeah. uh, he's also going to he's planning on a uh, a music streaming service as well. Yeah. So I mean, they had a music storage mm. service already, so that doesn't really surprise me. And they even had a video streaming service, so it's kind of a Considering the popularity of music streaming over the last two years, that doesn't really surprise me. So we'll see how that all comes out and whether or not uh, .com gets out of this one. Um, or you know, maybe he ends up courting even more <laughs> trouble in the future. He seems like a, the kind of personality who sort of thrives on this sort of thing to a point. I mean, no one thrives in having $17 million worth of stuff taken from them. No, but he does like attention. Yes. Um it seems like he would like attention for uh, being a, a role model of sorts, um, but uh, you know I don't know that he wants to be seen as a uh, 
a rule breaker, maybe a rule bender. And that's the story on Mega Upload, a, a controversial story, if there ever was one. Hope you guys enjoyed this classic episode of Tech Stuff. If you would like to suggest future episodes, brand new ones, you can reach out to me. The email address is techstuff at howstuffworks.com, or you can reach out on Facebook or Twitter. The handle at both of those is techstuffhsw. And you can pop on over to our website. That's techstuffpodcast.com. There we have an archive of all of our past episodes. The ones I've been pulling from have been from 2012, but you can go all the way back to our very first one from 2008 if you want to work your way through them. You also find on that website a link to our online store where every purchase you make goes to help the show. We greatly appreciate it. And I'll talk to you again really soon. Tech Stuff is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices, and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.